y'all can y'all can have a seat. You know, the the original plan for for today was um, to kind of the, to kind of wrap up the uh, we've been in this series, you know, called "This Is My Year," where we've talked about bold faith, and the original plan was to talk about bold obedience. And last weekend, you know, I got to experience some things, you know, at the church that you know our mother church and. And some other things throughout this week, and I just kind of felt this nudge to really go in a different direction, because you know, Shift Church is entering a new a new direction, and that, that I believe is going to be it's going to be amazing, but it's also scary at the same time. You know, I mean, it's this doing this message today alone is scary to me because I like to plan things out in advance, and so it's kind of it's a struggle for me. But I really think. I really think that I, before we got into what's going on next month and the rest of the year, I just kind of, we kind of need to revisit some things real quick. You know, when, you, when you're coming up the mountain like we've been coming in the last couple, the last really year, there's been things happen, like staggering things in personal lives and, you know, some crazy things happening and and I mean, no matter where, like we all can admit, no, no matter where you find yourself in this room, like whether you're a Christian, you're not a Christian, whether you're looking for hope or you have hope, no matter where you find yourself, there's, there's some things that we can all agree on. And that is that something has gone terribly wrong in this world. Something has gone terribly wrong in this world and, and a dark, there's a darkness that needs a lot that we as followers of Christ are commissioned and called to burst through those dark, dark doors and give light to people, to burst through the walls with the name of Jesus, to burst through and say, you know, this Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is worth everything. He demands everything. And the best that any of us can give is to, is, to, is to give our everything, not some just little bitty, little jolt, this little byproduct. We, we want to give everything that we have to make sure this name is carried throughout South Knoxville. We want to give everything to that because it's by his name that the lame walk, the blind see, darkness falls, and the light and the, the light appears for the first time in the souls of those needing it. So it's his name that we're lifting up this morning. That's why I'm like I was like I was so excited about this morning because and it was kind of one of those like I didn't care how many people were here. Like I was so excited to know that we get we get to part to be a part of carrying Christ's name to the world. Like we get the opportunity to do that. Nobody's like us. You know, there's just, there's just kind of there's this idea in Isaiah, Isaiah 26, 8, that says this. It says, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And like, we could stop there. Like, what are you saying yes to, Lord? Well, what's the Lord telling you? I don't know. I'm just going to say yes. I mean, if he's the Lord, then just, I mean, I'm going to automatically say yes because he's sovereign and in control of everything. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Well, what's he, what if he tells you to go over here to Afghanistan, the most dangerous, one of the most dangerous places? Yes. 
Lord? What if he tells you to walk up into Food City and to, to carry this name? Yes, Lord. No matter where we're at, I mean, that's a sermon in and of itself. Yes, Lord. Walking in the way of your laws or truths. We wait for you. Your name and your renown are the desires of our souls. His name, his renown is the desires of our hearts. And if that is true, then we should carry this name to the world. The whole, the whole essence of the gospel is that we would go, that we can't just, it can't just stay with us. Like when we get excited about something, we want to share it, right? Like when I got this, these, this new shirt, not this one. This one's kind of faded a little bit. But when we, like I got this new shirt, mom got it for me. It said 37920 on it. I was so excited about it. Like I was like taking pictures of it, said, look at this cool shirt. Like I was excited about a freaking shirt. And I have Jesus, the one who saved my soul, darkness in my heart. And I'm like, am I sharing excitement in the same way? It's crazy to me. Like, see, I think some of us, I think the church for too long, we're waiting on a move of God. We're waiting on a movement of God. And we've forgotten that we are the move of God. We are the movement of God. So what are we doing sitting still sometimes? See, it's been kind of burning in me for a while that, see, I believe, because I, I believe this is happening in a period of my life. But I, I've missed out on what really the gospel was really calling us. And, I mean, and to be honest, like here I am doing this church plan about making disciples and I get distracted by the silliest things. And I think I've forgotten to shine this light, to, 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 to carry his name into to everywhere that I went. And so this is the challenge for today as I go through this sermon is that maybe today there's this re-spark in us to really carry this name, carry his name because he's worthy of that name. To carry this name into wherever we work, wherever we play wherever we live we started shift church with this principle that we've got to carry his name to the hurt and the broken the addicted the single mothers who, who feel all alone those in need those experiencing loss we are called by christ to shine so i've titled this talk carry the name because there should be no street no office building no factory no school, no grocery store, nothing should not be without this name. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at Matthew 5 real quick. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. I think about that for a second. Like, you know, in these times, like cities would build their cities on hills to be a beacon for people lost in the street to get there. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so they may see your good works and give glory to the Father in heaven. See, I love the scripture because it reminds us to go. It reminds us to carry this light, to carry this name. Jesus has done the work. He saved our souls. And we have a pretty clear call now to go and carry this name. Like, I love Jesus, and I love reading the Gospels, and, that, and I love all that he's done for me. But Jesus spent his whole ministry proclaiming 
no matter where you where 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 he was, no matter where you were, he came for you. I think about it this way, like I I, I love this idea so much that like it, I I say I probably say this too much and or ask this question too much, but it just it just excites me. Like how many of your sins were future sins when Christ went to the cross? All of them. He knew how screwed up you would be, how screwed up I would be, how we would turn our backs. And he still made a way. He still chose to make a way. And see, that gets me excited. That gets me going like, I want to tell people about this. See, I believe in the same way that Jesus done that for us, we can be that for the people that, that are around us. That we can share this love of the gospel, this love of Jesus. We can carry his name to where we live, where we work, and we play. Like, if we could just shine this light, like, I believe that the glory of God is going to do something so great in our lifetime that only he could really get the credit for it. Only if we would decide to carry this name. You see, I don't, I don't want to get to a place in my life anymore to where I'm just doing a lot of really good things. Like, I don't want to just be, God, I, I, I preached every Sunday, God. I told people about you and lose the essence of what am I doing Monday through Saturday with the people that I work with? The people that I play with. What am I doing with my family? Am I teaching my kids about this name? But this chapter, Isaiah 26 eight and Matthew 5 is just telling us, don't forget it's about my name, my renown. Go shine the light. It's Jesus making sure people don't miss the point. All this stuff is good. You can go sing all these kumbaya stuff. That's all good. All the knowledge is great. All that's, all, that's, all that's good, but don't forget it's about carrying my name. Don't forget to reach somebody. See, I talk to Christians, and I see churches, and I've talked to several churches, and I, I just wondered, like, have we really lost this? Like, we, have we really lost the passion to reach people? Like, have we lost the essence of the gospel? Like, it, it's, it's, it was given to us to give to the broken, to give to the hurting, and give to the needy. It's not about getting stuff. We've got the stuff. It's Jesus. We've got Jesus. It's not about taking this new ground. No, he's, he's already taken all the ground. I pray that after all that we have seen already in Shift Church and all that we're going to see, that we just decide that, that we're encouraged to live our lives a little bit differently than all of our other friends so we can be a light, be a beacon, and, and be a hope in this world. So I kind of want to, what I want to do is kind of show some of us some of, the, some of the seriousness of the call to shine, this, shine in this world. Because I believe sometimes we need some revelation and, a re, and sometimes just a reminder of what's around us. And if you've been around here any length of time, you know some of this stuff. And I just kind of, before we moved on with what we're doing next, I just kind of wanted to say, just to remind us of this stuff, to get us energized, to get us focused. But in the South Knoxville community alone, in the 75 square miles that surround us, there's roughly forty to 45,000 people in the 75 square miles. And the statistics are right. That would, in, in like 77% are disconnected from church and disconnected from Jesus that means that there's about 27,000 people driving by us at this moment who are disconnected from Jesus, and he's called us to go to those 27,000 people because who else is going to? 
27,000 people we live with, we work with, we play with, family, friends, co-workers, our kids that are dying without Christ. And what are we doing about it, really? We are called to go to carry this name. But see, sometimes I think the, the fear is, is that we're not ready because the label we have or what society says about us or I don't have enough weight behind me to really do anything about it. Like, you know, we, we, we start trusting the labels of this world instead of trusting the one who created us. Like, and we start to define ourselves by, by what others say about us. And let me just say that no one should label you except the one who created you. No one can label you except the one who created you. And he has created you to be a revivalist where you live, work, and play. To be a lie. You see, like, it's crazy to me that we start believing what everyone else is saying about us. And we have the God of the universe saying, I believe in you. So go. No matter if you find yourself in the darkest hole or on the highest mountain, go shine my light, be a light, carry my name. You know, you may not have your, the right label just yet. You may not have all your ducks in a row just yet. But if Jesus is our Savior and Jesus is our Creator, that means you don't need somebody else giving you some external validation for you to be effective. You have this internal confirmation that God has called me, He has commissioned me, and I got every right to carry His name to where I'm going. And so I want to do is look at this story in the Bible. It's one of my favorite stories in this story of Jesus and Zacchaeus, who was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. So in Luke 19, it starts off saying this. He entered Jericho, this is he meaning Jesus, and was passing through. It was just something mundane. Like it was, he was just going through, had no, from what scripture says, has no intentions of stopping here. And it was just passing through. But he was a chief tax collector. Anybody like the IRS? Yay, pay taxes. And was rich. And here's a little Bible context. He wasn't rich because he did the right thing. He would, he would scalp the taxes. Like if you owed $3 in taxes, he would take 5 and pocket 2 all right. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on the count of the crowd, he could not because he was small in stature. And let me just say this, like, we hear people all the time saying, they don't want to hear about this. No, people are searching. People are searching for hope. Like, he fought through the crowd to climb a tree so he could see who this Jesus was. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for, for he was about to pass, pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, remember he was just passing through, he, said, he looked up to him and said, Zacchaeus, hurry up and come down, for I must stay at your house today. 
So he hurried and came down, and, received, and he received him joyfully. And listen to this, I love this part. And when they saw it, they, they all grumbled. All the religious leaders grumbled and said, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Like, can we just be the people that people tweet about and Facebook about and post pictures of us on Instagram? Saying, look who they're hanging out with. Derek McCarter, pastor of Shift Church, is hanging out with that person? Are you kidding me? Like, I would love that. That we would reach the people that no one else really wants to reach. Like, I remember this story of um, when I was a youth pastor, and I've told this story before, but um, we had a pizza delivery guy. He, had, he was like the weirdest looking guy you'll ever met. Let me just tell you, he looked straight up weird. He worked for Pizza Plus, and he would always deliver pizzas to us and um, at the church, and we'd always tip him really well, you know. And one day, you know, me and Marty were standing there talking, and he said, he said, hey, I got a show down, down in Knoxville. Won't you guys come watch it with us? We're like, okay, well, let's go. Where's it at? It was at Long Branch Saloon, you know, the house-looking um, bar that's out here on the Strip, like the one that looks like it's about to fall in. And when you up upstairs and you're listening to the, this god-awful music. Um, the floor's bouncing up and down, you know. So we're like, well, yeah, let's go, right? So we, we, we go and we get our little X on our hands, you know. They gave us permission to buy alcohol, you know. No, we were, but we were, we were up there. I'm, this is kind of just a side note. There's this girl up here who was straight up out of her mind arguing with another guy. And the guy was probably standing about right here facing this way to her, and I'm standing here. Out of the corner of my eye, I see like this wave. And what she had decided to do was to throw her cup of beer on him. Well, he scoots out of the way and, you know, all over me. So I was like, man, don't waste it. At least share. But, you know, it's just, but I remember, I remember, that happening, and of course, she wanted me to dance with her later in the night, and I was just like, I'm married, I'm just, I'm good. But this guy, like, he was supposed to go on at nine o'clock, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, and we hadn't seen him, and we're like, did we get played for fools? And but later we see him come up the steps, and and he like, you know, we're probably about from the wall from where the steps were, and he looks over and he goes, he was like, you know, like they actually, the pastors actually came, you know, so he gets up there and plays and. He comes, he comes at the end of that, and he goes, man, listen, that meant so much. Like, I didn't think you guys would actually come, that you would actually come to a place like this. Well, here's the crazy thing. He would, like, not saying that he met Jesus that day. He fell in the middle of the bar and met Jesus. No, he was just, but it was just, like, we impacted somebody's life, showing that we care about, that we cared about him. And so we start telling this great story to people, and people start talking about, these two pastors went to the bar, and like, dang straight I did. I went to a place that you wouldn't and reached somebody that you wouldn't even have looked at. May we be those people that we enter dark places and we shine a light inside those dark places. So that's just a little side note. But may we be the people that people Facebook tweet about and put on space, face space or whatever that is. Uh, see, because here's the idea, like, we are going to do everything short of sin to reach people with the gospel. I don't care what all these other churches say about us. Don't listen. We're going to do whatever it takes to reach people, even if that makes us look a little bit crazy. 
verse 8 says this, And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, the Lord, behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because that was a house that nobody else would have went to. Because he was a tax collector. He was friends with the enemy. Went to the tax collector's house. But salvation came that day. A revival started in that house today. Since he is also the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Not to fix those that are already well. Even though nobody's well. But he came to seek and to save the lost. Like this is like this is one of those like come on somebody moments like I love this Jesus had nothing but his identity or who people thought he was or how they labeled him he strolls up in there has no degree has no spiritual weight in this culture because they didn't believe he was the Messiah had no spiritual weight but he didn't care because he knew who he was he, but he showed up and turns a dinner meeting into a revival moment and I believe this is Jesus teaching us. Although they called him a carpenter, called him the son of a carpenter, he wasn't a sign. It's him, he, Jesus telling us, just reach somebody. Just reach out to somebody. Look up into some trees, because somebody's eternity is forever completely changed if we just begin to live wide awake. So it wants me to remind you that no matter what, it doesn't matter what somebody else calls you, what their label of you is or what, what you walked in here thinking you have or don't have. It's about the label Christ has given you. You have the ability to walk around and look up into some trees and, you, and start revivals. Now people are like, we need the revival in America. Well, okay, well, you're the revival. Let's get out there and do something. About Nelson Mandela. Great leader, right? Great person who... Human rights. But remember, he was in jail at one point. Under, I mean, crazy false stuff. They arrested him. And, the, and they had to keep switching guards out. Because you know why? He said, you know, I may be in a jailhouse, but I'm going to turn this into a revival moment. I'm going to turn this into a house, to God's house. And every time a guard would come back in there, he would lead them to Christ. He didn't let his situation or what he was going through determine what he was going to do with his life. So they had to change out guards. Right? Like, because this guard will get saved and be like, oh, we should really let you go. And they're like, no, you can't let him go and put a new guard. This guard will get saved. He's like, I ain't shutting up about what is right. What about Rosa Parks? Right? So, started riding a bus one day and turned that bus into, into a motorcade of Jesus. Because she was like, we have God given rights. We were created in the image of God. And she's like, I ain't standing up for this anymore. She took a bus ride and turned it into a revival moment. Going along the same lines, you have Martin Luther King who said, you know what, we're just going to do a peaceful march. But to him, it was more than a march. It was him beginning a revival in this country. He decided he wasn't going to let, he wasn't going to let what his circumstance or what he was experiencing in life stop him from doing what is right. And he started reaching people by marching bring unity to America again. To show, to show that Jesus is everything. These were just ordinary people. 
doing extraordinary things. And I'm just wondering if we're going to start looking up into some trees where nobody else is looking. See, Romans 8, 11 says, this is my favorite verse. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. A.K.A. what that means is, is the same power that rose Jesus from the grave, if you're a believer in here, lives in you. So you're not just an ordinary person anymore. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me and you and no earthly label. Nothing in our lives can hold us back from carrying the name of Jesus to where we live, work, and play. You're not just a truck driver. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a cashier. You're not just an anything. You're an agent of change. You are a revivalist. When you have Christ, you're not just anything. You're an agent of change called to change someone's life wherever you go. See, Jesus was just walking through and noticed someone in need. Because it's in the mundane sometimes that God shows up, right? It's in the mundane, everyday things that God sometimes steps in and goes, see that person? That's the one I want you to reach. See that person behind you in line? Um, won't, you, won't, you give, won't you pay for theirs? Won't you leave a comment on, on, online to somebody, leaving them a little bit of hope? Because sometimes Jesus just shows up in the mundane for us to start working. When we're just thinking we're passing through. Man, I hope someone walks up in here today with a bad attitude in my office. Because I'm going to show them some Jesus. I hope somebody comes up in here all mad because, I, listen, I'm going to show them the joy that I have. So you have the power to begin to start a movement where you live, work, and play. See, the Bible is not a book of spiritual superstars. It's ordinary people like me and you being faithful in their obedience to what God has called them to do day in and day out. See, so I pray that we leave here today carrying the name of Jesus because he is worthy of that name. We have the greatest news on the planet. And so what makes us so hesitant to carry it? So I pray that we leave here ready to carry this name because he is so worthy. I don't care what people think. If I don't care if people think I'm not qualified. God qualified me. I don't care how bad my past is. I know that Jesus said old things are gone and new things are here. So I'm just going to reach somebody. It's not about what we are saying. It's about what Jesus has already done. And if we would just open our eyes, we'll be able to see that God is doing something in our lifetime that only he could get the credit for it. So can I give you three things real quick? I have a minute and 31 seconds left, according to that clock up there. I want to kind of give you three things here. They're not big things. They're not crazy things, but... I already said one of them technically, but I, I just pray that we begin to live wide awake. That we just wake up! Some of the things we get caught in the flow of life too much. We let time pass by and we forget to just, to, just to speak into people's life. You know, starting to pray prayers like break my heart for what breaks yours because, listen, that's a dangerous prayer. 
you'll be driving down old Chapman Highway over here and you'll see somebody walking up the street and go, man, that person needs Jesus and I'm the one that needs to give it to them. Or in my case, you see a, a guy who's riding a bicycle down Pickens Gap who had just got out of the hospital. He fell over in a ditch and I could have done, I, just, I mean, I was in a hurry. I had to get Zane to football practice. But, you know, I decided to stop pick him up, take him home, and now every, about every other day I'm driving down to his house, giving him some food, just talking to him, and every day he says, man, can you just pray for me one more time? All because I decided just to wake up and pray this prayer and break my heart for what breaks yours. It was funny the other day, he said, um, I took him some food and had the kids in the car with me, and he was, he, he was still kind of weak from being in the hospital. And I said, you may have to ride in the back because I have my kids up here and my truck's kind of a small truck. I kind of have that girly truck, you know. And, well, he was so weak he couldn't get up in the back of it. So I was like, well, let me just get my kids in the back seat as good as I can. And you can just ride up here at front. And so he gets in there. And I said, where do you need to go, man? And he goes, I know you're a preacher, but will you, go buy me, will you let me go buy some beer? I was like, sure, man. We drove down the road and brought him back home. And he goes, Derek, I know you're a preacher, but why? Why'd you take me to get the, get this beard? And why do you, why why are you? In the, that was kind of a really a side question, but he asked this question. He goes, Why do you care so much about me? I said, Well, man. We can worry about all this, most of this other stuff later. I just, I just, I just hope that you can see that it's, it's more than just me that cares about you. That you have a God, a Father in heaven, who cares about you. And I just hope you see that in me. And he goes, "Oh, brother, I do feel good when you pray for me. So will you pray for me again?" I said, "Sure." But I'm wondering what would happen if we start to live wide awake. That when we start to wake up and, and he begins to use nobodies like us to reach somebody's out there with the somebody who could change their forever. Just wake up. Number two is I propose that we live with a little bit of urgency. And I don't mean craziness. You know, because sometimes when we think of urgent, we think of these crazy Christians, you know. We have people sometimes tell us, tell me, like, they hate me because I'm a Christian. No, they, they hate you because you're weird. I'm not talking about being weird. I'm just talking about we start living our life in a way that we want to reach people as fast as we can. Not rushing their process, but rushing our process because we need to get this story out. Like we think here in America that everybody knows about Jesus, so we're good. I had one guy in Granger County one time say, well, those people have the internet. They can learn about Jesus. Shut up. But they're like, we're in America. We should know about Jesus. Let me tell you this. I went to Jekyll Island, Georgia on a, on a youth trip, and we decided to do the mission part of the camp. And so we went out off the island into Brunswick, and we're sitting there talking to this six-year-old kid and one of the one of the leaders from the camp said hey have you ever heard about jesus he's like no like your mom and dad didn't tell you about no 
there's still people here in America that need to know about Jesus. They need to know the right thing about Jesus. So let's live with some urgency. Because I'm tired of seeing people that I went to high school with, that I grew up with, around me dying from overdose. Maybe not, you know, maybe not even dying physically, just their life is just dead. I just want to carry this good news to them. And here's the third thing that I propose is that we live planted. And here's what I mean. You know, a lot of times what church culture has done, especially in the last 200 years, is they've given this platform and elevated, like they've put people on this platform on pedestals. Like this, this is where you make the change. No, it's not. I'm a believer in Jesus. Preaching is just what I do. Cole is just a worship leader, singer. And he's a, he's a Christian who happens to play guitar and sing. This platform means nothing. But God's planted all of us somewhere. Like he's placed you at Food City. He's placed you at First Tennessee Bank. He's placed you wherever you are for a reason. So let's take hold of that reason. We're planted there to be the pastors of those places and share the light of the gospel with people, to carry this name. So I say, don't listen, if you want to be a pastor or a worship leader, that is awesome. I say, go for it. It's the most amazing road trip of your life. You get front row seat to see what God's doing, and it's amazing. But don't forget to shine where you're planted now. Listen, Southdale Middle School needs some hope. Right, Miss Prince? First Tennessee needs some hope. Food City needs some hope. Wherever we work, we need some hope. And God's planted you there to do that. So let's be bold about our faith. Let's carry this name because he's worthy of this name. He's worthy of everything. That's all. I often say, I, I interviewed a guy the other day who, um, for a position here, it didn't end up not working out, but um, he's like, so what would my j- job title be? And I would be, you're a disciple maker. You're a disciple who makes disciples who happens to do this. They're like, what? And I keep, you're a disciple who happens to make disciples who happens to do this. That, is, that would be your job. To be a light where you live, work, and play. And you happen to play guitar or you happen to be able to do whatever. My job, my job, I'm like, my my title is I'm a disciple who makes disciples who happens to be halfway, not, not really halfway, decent at talking in front of people. This, my, my label, my job, my job doesn't define me. Carrying the name defines me, and that name is Jesus. So let's pray. And so here's my challenge to all of y'all. It's tomorrow morning, come Monday. Let's carry the name of Jesus to the world. And maybe for some of you, as we bow our heads to pray, maybe some of you today, maybe you're like, you know what? I don't even know if I've really accepted that name for the first time. And I want to do that this morning. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to step out. Hey, once you raise your hand, so I'm not going to call you out, but I want to pray for you here. 
thank you. God, I just thank you for the moment that we've had this morning. I thank you that we, we were able to come here and sing a couple songs, and we're about to sing one more. God, but I thank you so much that you are a life changer, a life giver. And I just pray as in these next few moments that those who have decided, hey, we want some life change, but maybe we want Jesus for the first time. May we leave here excited and want to tell our story, no matter how crazy our story is, about this name of Jesus who saved us and made us new. God, I thank you so much that, we were, that you've, you've entrusted us with this message. That really, it's like Paul says, says, you know, I fill up in my suffering what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Uh, the thing that's lacking is that we go carry this name. So God, I just pray that, that we take every opportunity we have to share our stories with people around us. It's not about us. It's not about us, how, how we feel about things or our circumstances. It's about you and how you are a rescuer. And so God, I just pray over healing over this. God, that as we, as we leave here today, we leave here with hope and excitement, knowing that you are the God who saved us and can, can save our co-workers who are dying and going to hell, can save our relatives, our moms, our dads, our aunts, our uncles, our cousins that are dying and going to hell. Like you would give me an excitement, give me the boldness to, to speak into their lives. And thank you, God, for the opportunity to doing that in us. I pray this in your name.